Hello, hello, and welcome to the Nintendgems podcast, everybody. My name is Connor, and here today I am joined with... Brayden, the, the other co-host. Isn't that weird? Role reversal. I know, this is your first time kind of getting that intro in, huh? How'd that feel? It, weird. Yeah, it sounded a little weird, but you'll get it next time. <laughs> you'll get it better next time. We'll see. Yeah, welcome to Nintendgems, the Nintendo podcast where we talk about Nintendo games, both new and old. Yes, that part's important to get in there. Uh, yes, the holidays have come and gone. The Christmas season has passed us by. We've all got new games, Ooh. new things to play with. Not a ton new on the Nintendo front necessarily for the holiday season. Like a little, a little dry relatively compared to like normal, I guess. You know. Yeah, we got a direct there, kind of mid-December, I think. And yeah, like the the partner showcase. Right, and then. A little bit of content that we're going to be talking about today, mm-hmm. but but yeah, December was a little dry, but we, we'll just call it our vacation month. Yeah, we'll take it slow, and hopefully 2021 will bring new surprises swiftly. Oh, you know they will, both from us and Nintendo. We're, we're excited to bring Nintendo's back full swing in 2021. Yes. So, one of those new things that has happened recently, pretty big deal, at the revealed at the Game Awards earlier this month, is... The reveal of Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII as a new character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, part of the second Fighter's Pass. Yes, highly anticipated. Kind of, dare I say, very out of the blue. Who, like the fact that it's Sephiroth or the Fighter Pass? Like a new fighter? Oh, new fighter, definitely expected. Uh, do you, you remember back at the Game Awards in 2018 was when they first reveal that they were doing the, the first fighter pass and it right. was the joker reveal uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then it was interesting that last year 2019 there was there was no character reveal which people thought they were going to do it again but then we had it again this year yeah so i guess we were all a little hopeful but it was hard to like expect it wholesale yeah and definitely not a character like this you know what i mean yeah my big prediction was doom guy from (laughs) doom because uh the same night they were announcing doom eternal to be released on the switch and that Mm. to me that made the most sense that was what what really tracked in my head but i don't really know anybody that was thinking severoth definitely i if you were on twitter in in the gaming sphere that day then it was all a buzz with jones from fortnite oh that's so right yeah why was that was it a new season um, I think a new season of Fortnite was starting. Yeah, new season. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, new season. Fortnite was getting a lot of buzz. I think Fortnite also said they were making an announcement. They were teasing, tweeting big things. And Nintendo was also tweeting, teasing uh-huh. that they were revealing a new fighter that day. And I think people were trying to put two and two together. And mm. I mean, frankly, like after Minecraft, Steve, I don't think Fortnite is entirely out of the question yet. I would not say so either like comparably like one of the more popular games ever let alone right now yeah i mean with nintendo reaching for the stars with microsoft you know uh, another huge branded partnership to me wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility it's funny before we started recording we were discussing whether sora would be next yeah and we you know both neither of us really saw nintendo partnering with disney on smash I mean, it's hard because they keep pushing the envelope. Uh-huh. The the sky continues to be the limit. <laughs> but I, I do think Disney might be 
a little out of reach. Mandalorian for Smash? (laughs) Heck, I don't know. But regardless... Baby Yoda for Smash. There we go. That's more like it. Um, We did not get Jones or Doom Guy, the guy from Doom. We got Sephiroth, which I think is a very, very appropriate announcement for the Game Awards. Because Mm -hmm. Sephiroth is a very, very iconic character across video games and is like in a way sort of like a desired character for the Smash roster. Yeah. And I think anybody and everybody watching the Game Awards recognized Sephiroth. Like That's it's, true. That's it's a, a... very much like a, a crowd pleaser, I feel like. Right. I do think it's interesting, just again, kind of from a marketing perspective, you know, we're talking Fortnite, we're talking Doom Guy. They re-released Final Fantasy VII on PS4. Remade. Yeah, like the, like like the remake. Re, yeah, entire like beautiful new lifelike gr- graphics. Basically, like it's an entirely new game. Yes. Like they're pretty much rebooting Final Fantasy VII as a property, practically. I'm glad you you clarified that. But it missed the switch. Is kind of my point. Right. They, they ported the original Final Fantasy VII from the PlayStation mm-hmm. over to the Switch, which with has... not much aplomb. Yeah. Like, it's I, it, on there, but it's also on everything else. I've been too. wanting to play it. I've never played it before in my life, which Same. is embarrassing and a travesty. A little bit. Uh, hey, but, it's not our fault that it hasn't been on Nintendo yet. Right. right? We're, we're just a little Nintendo voice. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to get to it, and I want to play it, but I'm I'm just curious to see if Final Fantasy VII re- Remake? It's it's literally called, it's called Final Remake? Fantasy VII Remake, which is just the uh, the worst title. <laughs> it is. But I wouldn't be surprised to see it somehow, you know, not looking quite as good, perhaps. But On the Switch? I Do you not think so? Do you know, Ooh, what about a... Oh, I hate to even mention it in, like, such a casual way, but a Switch Pro-like announcement. That's kind of where my mind immediately went to, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if it's in the cards. I think purely, like, property-wise... Nintendo mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy have, like, a good relationship, but I think it just is, like, too much for the Switch to handle graphically, hardware-wise, you know? Sure. It's yeah. just one of those, like, next-gen games. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, maybe we've, like, we've got Doom Eternal on the Switch. Right. Who's that, to say? They're trying to expand their, their AAA compatibility. Yeah. That's for sure. But, so, Sephiroth, as far as, like, in Smash is concerned, he's fun. He's great. I think he's a great addition. It's cool to have another villain in the roster mm-hmm. and i remember back when leading up to the release of smash there were a lot of the new fighters they, they were announcing for it like for the base game were villains like ridley and king k rule mm-hmm. and people felt like "Ooh, this is gonna be like a cool like good versus evil theme going on and that didn't really pan out yeah but this is like the first like villain edition we've had in any of the dlc it's also very important final fantasy is a huge important property franchise identity in video games like Mm -hmm. huge huge historic everybody knows final fantasy but the only final fantasy represent representation we had in smash was cloud Mm -hmm. and he had his one stage and two music tracks that was it Uh not not even any like spirits wow i guess i didn't realize that yeah like truly like not a thing and part of that was just square enix the publishers of final fantasy are just like very tight gripped Mm-hmm. with Final Fantasy. So, needless to say, I feel like Sephiroth and all the spirits, all the music he added, yeah. and like the new stage and stuff, it adds a lot of much-needed Final Fantasy representation into the game. It, it felt weird for a long time with Dragon Quest being more represented right. in Final Fantasy. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Didn't Final Fantasy start on the NES? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Like it was born on Nintendo. Yeah, there's definitely like an established relationship there, and there's like a, a hole that needed to be filled with more Final Fantasy, and I'm glad we have it. And I and I guess honestly, there's not a a more iconic character to choose from either mm-hmm. to to fill that void. Yeah. So I have played as him. I kind of missed the the Steve bus. You know, when we <laughs> when we talked about him, yeah. uh, I didn't have much to contribute. But uh, I've actually played as Sephiroth, and I would almost call him heavy. He's slow, but you argue with that? He's slow, but he's very light. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's very, like, launchable. He's kind of like a, oh, okay. a glass cannon, sort of, like Mewtwo, sort of. Sure, yeah. He hits really hard. He's got a huge reach, which is Muramasa blade. Yeah, yeah, Muramasa. Something like that. His, like, 10 feet long, like, katana. Kind of swordsman that he... katana. True. Well, and that's the thing. He's like, Sephiroth is, is the anime swordsman. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about all the Fire Emblem characters, all the, like, the blue-haired anime sword guys we already have in the roster, like, yeah. all eight of them. Sephiroth is the OG mm. anime, edgy anime sword guy. <laughs> With one wing. One wing, baby. One winged (laughs) angel. (laughs) Silver hair, like emo looking black leather Uh belt buckles all over him. If it's not black leather, it's shirtless. Yeah, and he's got a shirtless (laughs) alternate costume. The OG. But yeah, he's got his huge sword, so he has probably comparable to like the Belmonts, like their whip. Very long range. Hits hard. He has an interesting sweet spot. All of his um, attacks, they hit hardest in like the middle of the blade. So huh. if you space them out right, then yeah. you can get very high knockback. Mm-hmm. But yes, he, he hits really hard, but he also flies pretty easily. Um, and he's also very tall. He's yeah, like he he's like he stands up very straight, which seems like a minor thing, but he's just like very easy to hit. He's like a, a big target kind of. Yeah. And uh, in addition to all his like huge sweeping sword attacks, he has some really interesting magic maneuvers you you had questions about like his side b yeah i I wish i knew the names of those attacks same because both his standard b like his just as special yeah and his side special have yeah what you said they're essentially magic attacks and Mm. definitely seem inspired from the games i think so i mean i wish we could i wish we could vouch for that directly Uh having not played them right but his standard special it's a it's a long charge up attack that kind of takes on different forms the longer you charge it Mm. and you kind of lob it out it's a slow orb and then it explodes and does massive damage yeah i think it's cool that it always explodes no matter what like how long you've charged it yeah like it can't like really be like interrupted once it's out Uh uh-huh but the the side b is like where to visualize it's like a it's also a charge move. You hold down the button to charge it, and it shoots like a straight horizontal line out, like in What's a. What's Mewtwo's side B as well? Down B. Down B. <laughs> uh, casual. There you go. So yeah, it it shoots like a horizontal thing, like in a snap. It's instant, and the longer you charge it, the further it goes. And when you hit an opponent with it, they start being surrounded by these dark orbs that like kind of like swirl around them, mm-hmm. and. The longer you charge it, the more surround the opponent when you hit them, up to five. Sort of like Mega Man has this move that shoots a sticky bomb to an opponent, and it explodes after a little while automatically, Mm -hmm. like five seconds or whatever. Yeah. Um, And you can block that explosion. You can dodge it when it explodes and time that right. Mm -hmm. And same for these. Like these, these like orbs that are going around you, they shoot inwards towards you after like three seconds or whatever. Yeah. The more that you have, the more damage it does. Can be like, they have a really high knockback. Like they're pretty devastating. Mm -hmm. And what's even more interesting is like they, they swirl like around your character and other 
fighters can be hit by them while they're swirling oh, around Oh, interesting. I guess I haven't played in a group match to sure. where that's affected anything. Mm-hmm. I've only done one-on-ones and stuff, but yeah, that's an interesting concept. It's it's very it's a very cool move. Like I think it, you can be really creative with it and like apply like a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to opponents, even in like one-on-one. Um, and then of course, standard anime swordsman fair. He has a counter as his down B. Yeah, because fine. It's a pretty counter. It's a it's a cool counter. It's and it's and it is one sided. You can it's oh, only okay. Yeah, it's like that little like shield he puts up is only on uh-huh. the front. And his up special, his up B is interesting to me because it's kind of a typical Fox's up B, Ridley's up B characters that have one where you choose a direction and just kind of like shoot towards that direction. Mm-hmm. He has one of those. It's got a few different properties. It's a little standard, but what's most interesting to me, and it's very subtle, is it has an arrow for the direction you're going. Really? And I can't like tell... Like a visual arrow that you can see? Yeah, that like moves around which, whichever way you yeah. um, hold, which I cannot tell you how many times I've played a Zelda and like used the upbeat teleport and like mm. teleported under the stage on accident because I was holding one degree the wrong direction. Right. You know? And you... Uh-huh. I so you can, be... like, tell where you're going. Yeah. It was all that, I'm saying. You want that arrow for everybody. Yeah, kind of. Uh-huh. Like, it would be... It's a it's a little hard because I guess your opponent can see it, too. And, like, it's a little hard to, like, do fake outs and shades sure. and stuff. But, like, it's so useful. I wonder... Ah, I want to play Final Fantasy VII now. And, like, whether, you know, Sephiroth has some kind of dash attack that telegraphs that way. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, that's so strange that they would add that visually. Yeah. For... I, yeah, like I, I, yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. It might be like a like a throwback of some kind to uh-huh. a callback to the games, the Final Fantasy games, in some capacity. But I, I, I want to have faith that it's just like a convenience thing that they're final that they're just like learning. Yeah, how to make it easier to play. You know. <laughs> yeah, interesting. That's a general rundown of what's going on with them. Can you get him to Elite Smash? Is that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Are you Definitely. gonna? Oh yeah, and I've gotten I've gotten a few. I think I'm up to like fifteen now. Dang. Characters in Elite Smash, which is not. I mean, there's there are now eighty characters in uh-huh. Super Smash Bros. That's a lot. That's insane. I've got a ways to go, but my my conquest does continue. Mm-hmm. Any any possible guesses for who the next fighter could be? <sighs> it they Travis touchdown. He has a me costume. He got a me costume right. with the with the last one, you're which, right. which is fine. I'm glad they did something. Yeah, you, you know, kind of. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would have loved him to be a character. I do love No More Heroes, but yeah, I don't know. Steve was obviously like a new high, like as for like mm-hmm. as f- far as they're willing to go. But Sephiroth, I feel like, was not a lateral movement. I feel like it it was still progress. Yeah. It shows that they know that there's still a lot of potential to mine in, like, legacy characters. Like, yeah. iconic gaming characters. Like, back when we were getting, like, Banjo and Terry and stuff, you know? Sure, sure. That it doesn't have to be Fortnite. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be the cool new thing. It can still be, like, old characters that still make a splash. Yeah, that's true. That's. But, I, I'm honest, I mean, I have my hopes. I have people that are missing that I still want in. Yeah. But. Who would your number one pick be? Do you have a number one pick? Dark Souls, Chosen Undead. Really? Yes. And I think it's possible. There's a moveset for him? There's a move. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And That's not uh, Byleth? D- insofar as, like, Sephiroth's not Byleth. Sephiroth kind of is Byleth, so I'm so, so, so Well, then let's get another Byleth. <laughs> okay, let's, let's do, do it. it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and like I mean, I think at this point it's iconic enough to warrant representation. Sure. No, I'm not Kinda. arguing that. It's just okay. purely the move set and whether like you know valuable contribution to. To me, a a a, a good Smash character edition has three things. It has the surprise value. It has the legacy and like the it fills a hole that otherwise would have been in the Smash roster, mm-hmm. and they're unique and fun to play. Yeah. And I do think a Dark Souls rep, whoever, whatever that would look like, could do all of those. All right. I think. That's my normal pie in the sky one. I do think Crash and like Spyro and even Master Chief maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I like I could go on and on about potentials. Is there anybody that like sticks out for you? Skull Kid has always been my favorite. I mean, there's just no chance for him. Like he costume. I just I don't think Skull Kid will ever have be as popular as he once was, and therefore probably won't make it into Smash. And that's okay. Whatever. I do have. One pie-in-the-sky prediction for a character, who I think could even be a good me costume, and that would be Arl from Puyo Puyo, an iconic and essential puzzle game series that is uber popular in Japan Uh and, like, has a good following here in the States, too, and it... Good following, quote-unquote. Well, but, I mean... I'm kind of kidding. Right. Well, well... So, Sephiroth, in the books... Our game that we are going to be talking about for this episode, yeah. surprise, surprise, is Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, which just released earlier this month as well. Heck and yeah. Arl is the main character of the Puyo Puyo series. And we just got a sequel to a relatively <laughs> niche, kind of obscure puzzle game. All right. Like a, a major sequel to a release. And like, and not even just for Nintendo consoles, it's for all, all platforms. Yeah. So I think Arl has a chance... Connor was very keen on picking up this new this new puzzle game, <laughs> Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. Yes. Uh, he had the first one and loved it and it's my my knowledge kind of starts and ends with Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Yes. Um, but yeah, what you got for us? A lot. So Puyo Puyo Tetris is a crossover puzzle game. It's there is a puzzle series called Puyo Puyo. And then there's obviously Tetris that we are all familiar with. I feel like most people, including me, consider it like the perfect video game. Uh-huh. It's the one that anybody can play. Literally anybody on Earth can play. It's like the practically the basis for video games, yeah. I feel like. you know, Everybody knows Tetris. But yes, it's a, it's a crossover puzzle game. It's a great party game. It's like four-player. And you like play competitively against other people. Before I... Before I launch into like what makes the crossover work and what makes the sequel to a crossover work or not. Puyo Puyo for the uninitiated is a puzzle series that is mostly popular in Japan. There, it's got a lot of history to it. It has like a plot sort of, it like has characters and there's like dozens and dozens of sequels and entries that are mostly Japan only. We only got like a few in the States. One of them being you may or may not know Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine for the Sega Genesis that we got over here in the States. Is, yeah. Is, is just Puyo Puyo 2 reskinned with Dr. Robotnik and like Sonic characters. It's literally the same game, even. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Also, Kirby's Avalanche for uh-huh. the Super Nintendo is also just Puyo Puyo, but with Kirby characters. Yeah, okay. So we got these like weird localized 
sort of versions of the game. I don't know why they didn't just like bring the series identity as it is over here. But yeah, big historic series. It's a big deal. Obviously big enough to like cross over with Tetris in their own game. Mm -hmm. Gameplay wise, to help you, the viewer, the listener, visualize, it's like Tetris. It's like a falling block puzzle game, except instead of blocks, it's little blobs of different colors called Puyos. They fall in pairs, and you turn the pairs around, kind of like Dr. Mario. Yeah, rotate um, them vertically, horizontally. Right, um, and you stack them, and the objective is to create matches of four like-colored Puyos. When four Puyos of the same color are adjacent to each other, they disappear. All of the Puyos are affected by gravity, so like when Puyos disappear, whatever is on top falls down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... The objective mostly is to create chains where you make a quartet of Puyos, they disappear, and then the ones that fall fall into another quartet, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. You make chains, combos. I Um, can hear the noises now. Yeah, right? It's it's very satisfying. The, The other very important and interesting thing about Puyo Puyo is that while Tetris started as like a single player experience, like you just kind of like go until you lose and it gets like faster... And you kind of, like, try to get the high score. Yeah. And it wasn't until more recently that Tetris turned into, like, a competitive thing. You know, kind of like with Tetris 99 mm-hmm. is more the more contemporary example. Yeah. Puyo Puyo has always been competitive. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think that adds up into, like, why I've seen it at arcades and stuff. Definitely. With two joysticks and, you know, pairs of buttons. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's got a big competitive scene, which is why part of why it's so big in Japan is that like there's like tournaments and like people take it really seriously. Uh-huh. And since the beginning, like even in the first Puyo Puyo game, even the single player modes are played like against an AI every time. Interesting. Yeah, which is really it, yeah. it's is what is part of why I love it so much. I think it's so fun is that you can play it against other people and like there's always in a way a fresh challenge every time, as mm-hmm. opposed to like Tetris, you just kind of like play Tetris. Right. The way competitively it works is you make those chains, those combos, and the bigger the chain, the more garbage Puyos you drop on your opponents. Mm-hmm. Colorless uh, garbage. Yeah. That one, can't be paired up. Right, yeah. they um, The garbage Puyos have no color. They can't, you can't match anything with them, but they will, those can disappear if you make a match adjacent to them. Mm-hmm. Like if you make a match of like four reds, next to garbage puyos all of them will disappear that's how you like kind of clear up your board Mm -hmm. and so it's this this balancing act this to and fro of making huge chains putting a bunch of garbage puyos on your opponents to interrupt their chain Uh interrupt like their like big combo they're setting up it's so much fun it's very addicting very cool it's my favorite puzzle game i love it so much (laughs) i was so jazzed when puyo puyo tetris one was announced i thought it was so cool again because the only Puyo Puyo game that wasn't like Mean Me Machine or Kirby or like the only like Puyo Puyo franchise game we got in the States was mm-hmm. Puyo Pop Fever for the GameCube. Yeah. Do you remember that? I can picture the cover. Like it has a unique like weird art style to it that's uh-huh. not like anything else. Yeah. And I think that was like their attempt to bring it here. It, it was like a weird reboot for mm-hmm. the series itself too. Yeah. But they tried to bring it here. But so the the fact that we got like a, a Puyo Puyo game in the U.S., Crossed over with Tetris, such a big deal in the U.S. already, was a big deal to me. So excited. What Puyo Puyo Tetris does as a game, as a crossover <laughs> game, 
you can play against other players. Competitive Tetris, if for those who don't know, works the same way. You the the lines of blocks you clear, the more blocks you send to your opponent. Same deal. Mm-hmm. In Puyo Puyo Tetris, you can play Puyo Puyo or Tetris against your opponent, who can also also choose which one they're better at. You can play a, a mode called Swap, which is on like a 15-second timer. You play <laughs> a Tetris and a Puyo Puyo board that swap every... That's so crazy. Like, it's chaotic as heck. And you can like carry over chains from one board to the other. There's a combination mode where Puyos and Tetris blocks fall on the same board. Mm-hmm. It gets It's very crazy, very chaotic, a very fun party game, but also, obviously, great competitive puzzle fun for those that take it seriously. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and there's a single-player mode. has the Puyo story world characters that cross over with like new Tetris ones. Great game. Great, yeah, as a, as a crossover and as a game did justice to both properties yeah that's what i so much fun and i played it a lot with people that not only don't know what puyo puyo is but like aren't really gamers either uh-huh. because it's got that tetris thing like everybody knows how to play tetris so right, i could right like i'm pretty good at puyo puyo now like i <laughs> could play competitively i think but i could competently play against like my very casual friends while they played Tetris mm-hmm. and it would be like, could be an even match sometimes, Yeah, which made it, it it's, it's a very fun, very recommendable party game. I think, <sighs> um, anything you want to interject with before I go into the sequel, I just came out. No, no. Or am I doing good so far? You're doing great. And then you're, you're almost up to speed. You're almost okay, to cool. modern day. Cool. All right. Water. Naturally, it's hard to make a, a competent sequel to a puzzle game. Right. You know what I mean? Because you have a formula. You got the formula. And it works. And it works. Then what? You... It ain't broke. You ain't fix it. Kinda. You continue the story. Don't do that. Don't. It's a puzzle game. It's a puzzle game. Story does not matter. <laughs> story is really bad. It's kind of like, you know, like Street Fighter. We got like Street Fighter 4 and then there's Super Street Fighter 4. And then there's Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition. Yeah. And they just kind of like add more characters and stuff as it goes. And like Mm -hmm. the mechanics sort of change. But ultimately it feels like in 2020 those things could be like DLC or like patches. Yeah. To to the game. It's kind of like that. What's new in Puyo Puyo 2? It... Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, thank you very much. Puyo Puyo Uh, 2 was released on the Sega Genesis. Oh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's okay. So the really the only things that are new, like it really doesn't even shake up any of the me- mechanics because the mechanics are decades old. Yeah, you know? it adds a new mode called skill battle that is is actually cool in concept. It's each player has like an HP bar. Hmm. It like kind of throws like some RPG elements in there and like almost some, like some fighting game elements. Like you choose like a trio of characters that have like their own skills, their own like mm-hmm. moves. And so you level up these characters and you have like this HP bar and you play against another person, obviously. Yeah. And the bigger your chains, the more damage you do to their HP. Mm -hmm. It's less about like survival and more about like more about direct attacks. Yeah. And those special moves that your characters have can like arrange your board so that it's easier to make chains. It can like throw extra garbage onto your opponents. 
there have been other puzzle games that have done the same similar yeah. things, like Puzzle Fighter. Sure. There was a competitive Tetris game on the Super Famicom in Japan called Tetris Battle Gaiden, oh. which had a similar thing. Very cool game. Nintendo Gym. We'll get to it someday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tetris Gaiden. I love it. It's cool. But yeah, that's like the that's the main thing. And the story mode, there's a story mode. In the first Puyo Puyo Tetris, the story mode was very linear. The in Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, it's the same thing. I was about to but say, the, <laughs> what do you mean? Non, it's, it's non-linear. I mean, there's, I. They give you choices. Are you serious? No, but it's a, there's a world map now. Uh, okay. So it's like it. It's it gives you like the illusion of it. Yeah. Like there's a certain guy. You can like, go left and do a bonus level, or you can ex- go right to the next level. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like the bonus levels will unlock other characters that you can other use other skills with, mm-hmm. which is cool. And that skill battle pops up a lot in the story mode. The thing is, I haven't I haven't completed the story mode, and I haven't played a ton of the competitive modes even yet, like mm-hmm. online necessarily, but. To me, the skill battle mode doesn't really even seem like it works all that well. Hmm. If you know how to play Puyo Puyo, you know how to make big chains relatively mm-hmm. quickly, and it really doesn't take that many chains to drain an HP bar. Right. Like, I don't even touch the special moves at Interesting. all. And granted, I haven't played on like a harder difficulty or anything. Maybe it can get like cool and intense. Uh-huh. But thus far, I have not experienced too much of a challenge when it comes to that new mode. And mm-hmm. honestly... The new story mode and the skill battle system, that's pretty much all that's new that's been added. It's a weird sequel in that, yes, it's not a great sequel because it doesn't add much, but now it's what you have to recommend because it really is just the first one, but with more. Mm-hmm. There's no point in playing the first one anymore. Well, but I was, if, if I mean, if you're willing to let me kind of try and recap how you've laid all this out, go, go for you it. Know, I, I'll try. But like Puyo Puyo Tetris as a concept, the mashup of these two internationally classic games, it's it works. It's good. And yeah. you should play it. Absolutely. How much is a copy of the first one for the Switch? How much is it to download? Probably no. 10 bucks, 20 bucks. No. So their marketing with the number two worked on you. So, well, okay. <laughs> now speaking to the core gamer experience, I've done all my intro stuff. Mm-hmm. I've explained it lightly for all the the, the family and friends mm-hmm. back home. But so the problem with a game like this, with a deep competitive scene, is that it splits it up. Puyo Puyo Tetris came out three, four years ago when the Switch launched. Then a year or two later, a game called Puyo Puyo Champions came out, a digital-only title for the Switch that was truly essentially just the Puyo Puyo half of Puyo Puyo Tetris uh-huh. standalone release. Like it, no wow. story mode. Only versus modes and mm-hmm. with an, like an online focus, like a competitive focus. Yeah. You know? So that's where essentially the Puyo Puyo community flocked to because uh-huh. that's now the, the... The new supported standard. Yeah. It's it's the new definitive experience. Mm-hmm. And now, so now there's Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, which is still kind of Puyo, just Puyo Puyo, but now the community split. Right. You know? Uh-huh. Like there's this core Puyo Puyo experience in Puyo Puyo Champions. Now there's Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. When you play online, where are you gonna go? Man, it's it's a weird it's rough. It is. It's a weird thing. It's I mean, really rough. And it's kind of like a problem that plagues some online communities of different games with oh, yeah. sequels and stuff. You yeah, know, splitting the community like that. Melee. Melee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nintendo knows. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. All that being said, it's just a weird, mostly lateral movement 
of a sequel, but mm-hmm. as a game, it's absolutely worth playing for like literally anybody, I feel like. Uh-huh. Whether you have a Switch or anything else, because it's on Xbox One and PS4 and stuff. If you want a fun like party game that you can play yourself and get like good at, if you want like a new fresh experience have fun with and get invested in like it's addicting and fun and if you want something that you can play with the most casual of gamers or the most experienced of ones like on an equal playing field Mm -hmm. it's pretty much for everybody i I would recommend it to anybody truly that is cool and how much does it is it 40 dollars? it is 40 which is cheap for a switch game too yeah it feels it might feel a little steep for like a puzzle game but it's worth it and if i mean yeah some people like get hours and days and weeks worth of gameplay out of puzzle games. And right. if that's you, this is a great pickup. Yeah. Whew. So that's basically all that. Oh, what one one last little note I'll leave off on. Another <laughs> weird lateral movement is like there's so much voice acting and it's all Oh no. It's all annoying. It's that Nintendo of American localization thing that I always talk about where the voice acting is weird and cheesy mm-hmm. and they should just get actual actors for it. Yada yada. But it's the same, you can tell it's the same voice actors, but they are, you know how, you know how in a game like this, they'll reuse assets, understandably, yeah. and voice lines? Sure. It's the same voice actors saying the same lines, but what? are re-recording, and it's just like, where did your budget go? Where, what are you, <laughs> what resources did you use for this, and why, why is this a sequel? Why would they, I mean, instead of saying, yowza. They could at least have him say wahoo. Yeah, like give me like something new to listen to, like a, <laughs> like a new angle on this character, like this robot character that I like to play. As he's in the first one, he's like battle mode engaged, and then in this new one, same actor, different direction, I guess. Battle mode engaged. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. Give me like something new, or or just reuse it. Like use those resources somewhere else. I don't know, man. Pui Pui Tetris Two, get it? Ignore me. Don't expect progress on the first game. Yeah. Necessarily. Yes. But get it because it's the definitive experience and you yes. want to join the POPO community on being <laughs> caught up. <laughs> Listen to Brayden. I'm just a sore, seasoned, experienced, gamer hardened gamer. Puzzle gamer. Puzzle gamer. The best kind. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, that's my spiel. Well done. Do you want to get us out of here? That that was a pretty solid episode. Yeah. You know, I would call Puyo Puyo a Tetris Art gem of... You in know, a way, this episode. Yeah, I think that Puyo Puyo retrospective kind of like got the gym treatment. Yeah, retroactively gymified every Puyo game because oh, yeah. they're all kind of the same in their own way. <laughs> but yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in to the Nintendo's podcast. Be sure to follow and like the Nintendo's podcast on all of your favorite social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got it all. Subscribe to the actual podcast on whatever platform you're using at this moment: Spotify, Apple whatever you got anything you need to plug before we dip nah but you just released some music I sure did yes you may know me as the composer for this theme song I also release actual music under the name Weave W-E-A-V and I just released a hit new double single two tracks check it out on all that's what double single means oh yeah, yeah. Or whatever they call it these days. Sure, whatever the kids are into. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you got, stream it, add it to your playlist, give me a like, give me a follow, please and thank you. I, I, I also recommend the reviews are in. Critics agree. <laughs> Alright guys, well thank you so much again for listening. Uh, my name's Brayden. My name's Connor, or Weave. And this has been Nintendo. We will see you next time. I love you.